Developing Tomorrow's Leaders with Coach T is all about educating, supporting, and inspiring the next generation of leaders. In this episode, Coach T talks with Vicki Lewinberger, a mindset coach. She studied pedagogy, body language, science of motivation, NLP, and a lot more. With 12 plus years of experience coaching artistic swimming, she brought some athletes all the way to international competitions. For the past two years, she started working as a freelancer slash entrepreneur and works as a mindset coach in multidisciplinary teams for other companies. Here's your host, Antoine Thompson. Please help me welcome my special guest, Vicki. And Vicki's going to let us know how we pronounce her last name. Yes, thank you so much. So my last name is Swiss German. So if you pronounce it the German way, it would sound something like Lohenberg. Um, I don't speak German, so it's probably not perfect, but I've been raised in the French, as a French Canadian, so in the French-speaking side of Canada, so we usually say Le Enberger. So yeah, that's kind of, you can choose how you say it, Le Enberger, Leenberg, Lohenberger, whatever rocks your boat, close your boat. Swiss burger. Swiss burger. <laughs> not the biggest fan of Swiss cheese, but. Neither am I, neither am I. Well, I appreciate you coming on to talk with me. And you are a mindset coach. Yep. And you also have experience in, and I had to do my homework, and I'll make sure I pronounce this right. You just told me before we went on. Uh, pedagogy? Is yeah, perfect. Yep. Would you mind telling us what that is? Yeah, of course. It's all the science of learning and how to make learning interesting so basically what it means is that i have a bachelor's of education so i was also a teacher as well as being a sports coach for almost for 12 years now on top of that so that's kind of the sports and uh, education is kind of the foundation for me for a mindset and for coaching yes 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 and now recall our conversation earlier when we first met we were talking about you were telling me about your swimming your coaching and swimming and taking kids to international competition if i'm not yep. mistaken Is that right yep exactly yeah, tell, that's correct yeah tell us about that and and your experience as a swimmer as well obviously you swam or swim. yes i did so i was in this sport i was so it's artistic swimming which i think is absolutely amazing because there is swimming in it but there's also choreography music um, you know, it's an art as much as a sport, I believe. So I swam for, I swam for something like 18 years. Uh, I never competed internationally personally. Um, I went all the way to university leagues, which is also a pretty high level in our sport. But then as a coach, I really kind of developed a passion for coaching and then started coaching younger kids and then older kids. And then, um, you know, I don't know how to say that in English, but when the kids are in school in the morning and then at the sport every afternoon and evening. So starting around 2015, 16, I was coaching athletes that were training up to 25, 25 to 30 hours a week. Wow. So it's a really big investment. You really have to be disciplined. You really need to know why you're doing this to be able to commit, you know, 25 hours of your week as a teenager into a sport. Like it's absolutely incredible what it teaches you. Um, so there is that. And then I coach also masters athletes. So I had the chance to go to international masters competition with them. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. Part, you were talking about the artistic swimming and as you were just explaining it and, and you pointed the key word there was discipline. And I think 
the other part is discipline can be fun. And I think yeah. everybody attributes discipline to something negative where you're like, oh, I have to do, I have to do, I have to do. But if you love doing something, discipline is a big part of it. Would you agree? hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think discipline is also a lot about routines. You know, the more often you do something, you train your muscles. Well, your muscles become stronger and it becomes easier, right? So going, showing up to practice every day almost kind of becomes part of your regular life. So it seems very big when you take a step back, but discipline is about that rhythm. And I kind of want to separate, I like to separate discipline from commitment and from motivation. I think those are three very different things. And I think that sports, especially high level sports are all about taking a commitment, taking a commitment to yourself, to your team. And once you have that commitment and you're not giving up, that's when you know, you can build discipline, which is sort of that routine, those habits that make you successful. Whereas motivation is kind of something that comes and goes and that you cannot rely on. And motivation and for me, and I'm glad you brought that up because there was a conversation I have somebody recently where we were talking about the difference between inspiration and motivation. Yeah. And for me, it was, a, it was kind of an eye opener because of kind of how I always thought. Motivation is internal. You are inspired by other people but you must motivate yourself. And then that motivation leads to the commitment and to the discipline. Exactly, exactly. So we, what I learned, um, I also studied NLP, Neuro Linguistics Programming, and it kind of shows our brain almost like a, a computer that has all of these programs in it. And it, when you observe those programs, you kind of see what kind of person that you are, how you react and how you act in certain situations. And in terms of meta programs of motivation, people are usually either programmed on a get away from or a go towards program. So if you are programmed in a, a get away from, your goal is always to get away from the pain. So you're going to start an action or change something in your life when it becomes too painful, right? You're not going to do your homework until the night before and the pressure of being humiliated by your teacher the next morning because he's not done, the pressure of disappointing your parents is going to build up and then you're going to do the homework. So those are the people and I'm not going to lie, 90% of us are on that meta program. Yep. And then the other is go towards. So that's the opposite. I want to feel successful being my, you know, having my homework done one week early. I want to feel happy and confident going to school knowing that I've studied everything for the test. This is kind of like when we're motivated to go towards. it. So it's almost like the carrot and the stick. And sometimes we're kind of in between. We don't want it badly enough and there's not enough pain. So we kind of just stay in limbo and don't get into action unless we're committed and disciplined. There's a young man that I actually uh, had a lesson with on Saturday and we were going and working on one particular thing. And, and as we were doing it, I saw him do something and I'm like, you should already know how to do that. You know, why? Aren't you able to do that? And he's old enough where he should be doing it. So I said, let's stop. Let's just focus on that. So we started working on it. And I said, here's your homework. And I'm like, this is what you need to do. X number on the side, X number on that side. And here is your, I'm your accountability partner. I'm not going to be your coach. Once you leave, I'll be your accountability partner. So here's my number. Every day, all I want you to do is text me when you've done it. You only have to do it once a day but if you want to do it more than once a day knock yourself out that was on saturday yesterday i got two texts from him yesterday i did you know x y did two 
And the reason I bring that up to your point about earlier on, you were talking about commitment to team and things of that nature. So I made him commit to me that he would do it and also to himself. And now he's holding himself accountable. At least I hope he does, because I'll see him on Saturday and Sunday. So we'll hopefully he'll I'll get something from him to, uh, today or tomorrow. But my point being, it also ties to the point that people want to be encouraged to be disciplined and to be responsible because sometimes they don't know where to find that accountability and that, res and that responsibility. Yeah. And within themselves. Mm -hmm. hundred percent. I totally agree with that. Tell me um, a little bit more about your mindset coaching business because you sure. started just a couple of years ago, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It kind of, it was a smooth transition from, I realized that what I love the most about coaching sports wasn't so much seeing my athletes like bodies change so much as their mind change. And what I was really passionate about was their transfers from what they learned in the sport, what they transferred in their personal life, right? That's what I was really passionate about. So I started a little transition in the last couple of years towards more and more mindset coaching, doing team building exercises, giving conferences, uh, hosting retreats, stuff like that. So I've been moving towards that. Recently, um, I usually do mindset coaching for other businesses. So a business will hire me to give workshops, for example, to their team um, because I specialize mostly in team. I know usually, you know, people think of a life coach. It's more almost like therapy one-on-one -on -one and, and you have a chat. My experience is not so much one-on-one. -on -one. I've been coaching sports team for, you know, for every 12 years. So I like the team effect. I like when people can learn from one another. So that's why I will either give team building exercises, workshops within a business. And then I do a lot of, uh, for example, the business has a, like another coaching business, sorry. Let's say I work for this business coach who has several clients and we work in a multidisciplinary team. So every Monday it's Mindset Mondays and all of this business coach clients show up to my call and I give a one hour Zoom call where I talk about mindset, give them some exercises, we work together. And then every Tuesday, it's like sales Tuesday. It's a sales coach talking to all the clients. Every Wednesday, it's marketing Wednesday. And then they get tips for their marketing. So it's great because the clients of this coach have all these coaches to support them instead of just one. So it becomes almost like a, an academy for entrepreneurs rather than just business coach. I like that because there are so many different aspects of mindset development and maintaining and it's not just under one umbrella if you will yeah. you just broke down each aspect of that can you share a, a one or a couple of success stories with your artistic swimming experience and then maybe one in the business setting yeah oh my god 100 100 um okay in artistic swimming it's super easy my best season ever was this even the season of 2017 2018 I was just coming back to a new club. I had transferred. I'm given a team of seven um, girls because in artistic swimming, it's mostly girls, right? So seven beautiful young women between 13 and 16. And I watched them train for two weeks. I kind of, I'm creating my annual plan, right? Because in sports, you usually want to have that. Your, mac you, you know, your intensity, your volume, all of that, what you're going to integrate when the choreography uh, each muscle, each like cardiovascular system, all of that. So I'm planning my year and to help me, I go check the results from the past, um, past seasons. And I look and in May, so that's about 
three months before I was given the team, they had their last national championships and they were 52nd out of 54 teams. Yikes. So I'm like, okay, that's a challenge, you know, this is fun. And I watch, I go watch the video of the performance. I watch them train. I read my planning again and I sit with them. I ask them about what were their goals? What were their fears? And what were their expectations of themselves, of the team and of me? And it was a long chat. It was like two hours. I was taking a bunch of notes. And at the end, I just, I closed my notepad and I say, all right, everyone, uh, for this year, we're aiming top three. And these athletes are just laughing at me like I'm this crazy. I hear them in the change rooms afterwards, like the new coach is crazy. What the hell? And then we started working together and just kind of building mostly their self-esteem, you know, more than anything else, like no fancy, fancy training. We didn't do like ice baths or, you know, trained in altitude kind of kind of things. We just worked on the power of their minds and of changing the vocabulary we use on the everyday practice. Stop saying I can't start saying I am learning to or I can't do this yet or I am working on this skill. I'm working on this, you know, this uh, competence and really fostering more competence, more autonomy within the team and a bigger sense of affiliation and being all working all together towards the same goal. And we had a flawless year. The, these team of girls became first at every single competitions we showed up to all the way to the national championships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. You know, I love that though. And as soon as I asked you to share a success story, you just lit up because every coach loves to tell that their best success story because it's about what you described in the story is all oh, coaching is about building self-esteem. The, whatever the the sport is in reality for me is secondary because once you build confidence and self-esteem in the kids this is the joy of watching them succeed thereafter because everything else becomes easier and that's part of the mindset shift is to confidence and self-esteem right yeah. so and i love the fact that the girls laughed when you told them hey we're shooting high and they're like we were almost at the rock bottom so why would we end up there Yes. And I think I shared this with you before, but my mind is the same experience where I am now. I mean, my first two years at school where I'm now, we won six games and lost 34 the first two years. The last seven years, seven straight championships. We just won our fourth consecutive. We've won 113 games, only lost 20. But it all became comes down to one thing. We changed our mindset. Our team philosophy is team before self. Mm. And that's what everybody believes in. And the best part about it was after we won this year, the kids didn't get like all excited, jumping around, hooping and hollering. You know why? They told me we expected to win. Mm. And you cannot ask for anything better than that to know a team is that confident, not cocky, but confident that yeah. they could be successful. So I think that that's one of the things I uh, would love for you to share what you think people have a misconception about in regards to a player or an athlete and their coach's relationship. Yeah. Oh, I love what you're saying so much. And I think we need to redefine, like in our cases, it was podiums, it was first place. But for another team, it might not be a first place. It might be a third place. And I think we need to, yeah, we need to redefine what is success and what is winning, especially in sports, because every time you come back from a competition or a tournament, everyone asks you, how oh, did you win? Sure, I won friendships. 
I won incredible new life experiences. I won this new, you know, a skill that I did not know I could do. I learned a new experience of what it feels like to be under pressure, what it feels like to compete. I learned something new about myself. Like, yeah, I won a ton of things this weekend. And it's not always about that medal. And winning all those things takes you to the podium and it takes you to the medal, you know? And it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing to be ashamed of. These athletes work hard and they deserve, they deserve to be proud and they deserve to, yeah, they're allowed to feel confident and feel like they're going to win, you know? That's Absolutely. okay. And they, and they need to be supported even at their highest of highs and their lowest of lows because they will overcome those lows based on the support that they get during that time. You know, sometimes you know, if you understand the personality of the athlete that you're dealing with, you'll know how to how to inspire them to motivate themselves. You know, some kids love to be just in somebody in their face telling them, you got it, you can do this, you can do this, and they get that rah rah. And, so, and other kids have that personality where yes, you have to coddle them some, but coddling them in a way of that you're building their confidence and self esteem, not to the point where you're babying them to or begging them to oh you can do this come on you could do it because at that point they kind of know oh oh you're one of those kind of coaches yeah but exactly right yeah oh yeah. for me it comes down to those three pillars i was saying earlier competence autonomy affiliation i think those are the three magic ingredients to creating the perfect environment for athletes to thrive and i'm saying athletes but if you're listening to this and you are a business owner or a team leader, like it works with every group of human affiliation, competence, autonomy. If, if your athletes feel competent, they feel good at what they're doing because the challenges that you're giving them are just good enough so that they can succeed, but not too easy that they're bored or disinterested. Right. Mm -hmm. If you making them feel autonomous, making them feel like they have the choice to be there, that they're choosing to be there, that they are safe to express themselves and to be themselves but creating a space where they are making this decision and it's not about you because a lot of coaches think that it's all about them but it's never about you it's about your athletes and finally affiliation if they feel like they belong not only belong to your team but belong in the sport or belong in this goal right if you're a team leader or the a ceo of a company if you make your employees feel like they belong to something bigger than this company that what your the impact of your company is so big and that your employees are contributing to that they want to give their 100 percent yes yes it comes down to that how can you foster more autonomy competence and affiliation in your business in your team as long as you have those three in mind it can go wrong oh i've told this story probably i don't know how many times but you talk about success stories. This happened this yes. season and it has nothing to do with the game. And you're going to love this story. Yes. I can't wait. So the team I coach are seventh and eighth grade boys. And we have our, uh, had seven seventh graders and seven eighth graders. And I paired them up each, each eighth, seventh grader had a mentor that was an eighth grader. And their job was to make sure when, by the time you leave school, because our school only goes to eighth grade, your job is to make sure that you're handing the baton off to the seventh grade. So when he becomes an eighth grader, he can turn around and do the same thing to the seventh graders coming up. So we have our team before self. We had an incident in practice. It was kind of funny, humorous. And I happened to be recording some of practice. So I would like to show the guys what we're doing. I edited this little piece and I said, hey, I'm going to send it out through the app and do not 
show this to anybody that is not associated with this team. No, if nobody other than teammates will see this, and everybody's like, "Fine." Well, the next day I get to practice, and a couple of the eighth graders come to me, and they say, "Coach T, one of the seventh graders showed the video to somebody that's not on the team." I'm like, wow. So me, it's you know, of course I'm upset, but I'm like, you know what? They came to me, so obviously they came to me for a reason. So my next question to them was, well, what do you think we should do about this? Mm-hmm. And You're I kid you me. not. Yep. And I tell you, Vicky, they did not hesitate. They said, make him sit in the bleachers and watch us run his punishment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Wow. You think about goosebumps, right? And of course, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but at the same time, I'm not just based on the two kids that came to me. They're very responsible. So I'm like, okay, I have no problem with that. That's your decision. That's what we'll do. So we, we have practice and he I make him sit in the bleachers. They run and I mean I ran and wasn't like down and back. I mean that, that I wanted nice. him to feel bad. You know, a couple nothing, no more than that. I wanted him to, I, they wanted him to feel bad and they were willing to take that punishment. So afterwards I explained I asked him if he knew why, and he said, Yes, sir, I know. And he knew he had broken rule. So the guys decided after practice, they had a little meeting. They said, Coach, we want to uh, impose another. Uh, form of punishment. I'm like, geez, Louise, I'm glad I'm not your teammate. Our next game was the alumni game. So all the kids had come back, right? Well, they said we just voted and decided unanimously that this young man that broke the rule will not get to dress for that mm-hmm. game. Obviously, and nor will he get to play. And I'm like, hey, team decision. I'm good with it. So I asked this young man, I said, you understand what you're going to have to do next? He goes, yes, sir. have to tell my parents why I'm not going to be dressing and why I'm not going to be playing. I'm like, exactly. Never heard from the parents. The kid never complained about it. And after I said, after I fin- we finished this, we don't talk about it. It's over with. Lesson learned. We move forward. And that's what we did. But you mm-hmm. cannot tell me that young people do not have the ability and the willingness and the capability to be leaders if given the autonomy yeah. and of course they be can. given to, yeah and not enough coaches do that and that's what the kids tell me so that's why i i love having this conversation yeah because autonomy is such a big part do you find like that kid easily integrated back into the team afterwards yeah the kids actually made an effort to make sure that he oh. didn't feel bad about his mistake okay and it, it was okay. like nothing had happened because they know that's the environment that happens when i said it wasn't going to be any more talk about it there was no more talk about it because mm. we move forward. We learn from our lessons. I'm a believer. Dean Smith, a great legendary basketball coach, goes said, talk about mistakes. You make a mistake. You learn from it. You make amends when you can. You forget it and you move on. Yeah. And that's the best way to do it. But no, uh, the way that they all came back together was just amazing. Amazing. Mm, that's good. Because that's that's an important part. And that's like, it's great that the, the athletes picked the um, – the consequences and it's great that they acted as a team i think that's so beautiful and at the same time we're able to to include you know that other teammate afterward and kind of act as a team even after the fact because you've probably heard horror stories of sports team that um you know one person gets isolated or excluded right. and those are hard breaking um so you always have to be tricky you know i'm just thinking of like younger coaches that are listening to us that maybe are not as um, attentive to those signals that if you're doing punishments like this, it's awesome as long as your team is able to continue to keep their amazing teamwork afterwards. 
But that kind of leads, you mentioned uh, parents, and, and I would definitely want to hear your perspective on this, you know, not being here in the States, is your experience with parents and athletes. You know, you hear the horror stories. I know you hear the States. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a joke of how parents behave. And I've, I've had horror stories uh, in my experience as a coach. And I would never, I'm, I'm not a parent myself, but I could never see myself embarrassing not only myself, but my child with yeah. my behavior at a sporting event. Have you had any issues like that? Yeah. Oh, I've been very, very lucky, to be honest. I've been blessed with amazing parents most of my career. Also working with masters for a big part of it. Uh, they don't, their parents are not involved, right? They're adults. Also my mom, that's incredible, by the way, if you're a coach, I highly recommend doing that. Um, each year at my first event, my I would bring my mom to the competition to coach the parents how to be good parents. So Ooh, I would I be that. on the pool deck with my athletes and my parents would be upstairs kind of showing the parents like, oh, this is a good moment to cheer. This is a good, like your athletes are on break right now. Now's a good moment to go see them. Oh, right now they're probably in a team meeting. You should give them some space or not text them or this is the kind of snack she would also help with the whole lunch and nutrition aspect her you know probably like you tournaments sometimes are very long so she would say oh this these sorts of snack or give more energy i highly recommend getting this or that so that was really really helpful had one negative experience with the parents because as you as i was explaining earlier i was at a level where my athletes like their sport is kind of as part of their school program so I had to fill report cards. I had to like send things back to the ministry um, because the athletes are student athletes. And I had one parent teacher, parent coach, parent teacher coach meeting where I was reading the report card of an athlete. The parent questioned my competence because I, had, I hadn't had children at that point. So that was pretty humiliating. They were like, how do you know? Do you have a kid? You don't have a kid, you have no idea. And I was like, I have 25 kids and that's why I'm not biased. And that's why I'm able to present a plan to help your kids succeed. But no, I'm never going to be biased like you. And no, I'm not going to put your kid before every single other kid on that pool because that's not fair to all the other kids I'm taking care of. So that was a rough experience, kind of making them understand that, yeah, that for me, it's not my kid. All of these kids are my kids and they're all equal and they all deserve the same help and attention and support. So that was a that was a tough experience. But you explained just the importance of, of what coaches provide for uh, athletes as well is because you don't. Uh, we're talking about you and I because every coach is excuse me. Every coach is different. I've seen where they baby one kid and the whole team knows it. And it just is a cancer on the team. I mean, it just just it's all negative. But like uh, I don't have kids, but I coach exactly the same way. And when before our season starts, I have a, we have our parent meeting and I lay out my coaching philosophy. It's three points to it. It's player coach rapport. It's that player's development and it's team chemistry. Now, I didn't say anything about the parents. And you know why I don't say anything about the parents? Because of that team chemistry and that player, uh, that player coach rapport. Everything that parent needs to know that player is going to know. So when the mom goes, why I'm going to talk to the coach about, and then our players are, are trained to go, no mom, no dad, you don't need to, because here's what coach is going to tell you, because this is what he's told me. Because whenever a player asks me, coach, what do I need to work on? 
I give them everything they need to work on. And I also encourage the kids that I train to challenge their coaches. If you're not satisfied with your participation on the team, go ask your coach, what do I need to work on? There's two mm-hmm. things that happen. Number one, you're being responsible by sharing that you care about getting better and you're letting your coach go, number one. Number two, which to me is more important than anything, you're putting responsibility back on that coach to make you better because that's what they're there for. And if they don't do their job, you're telling they're letting you know exactly where their focus and their attention is as it relates to not just you, but to that team and the culture of that program. Yeah, yeah. I, I love what you're bringing up because it brings up boundaries yes boundaries boundaries are so important they're important with yourself with your athletes with your parents athletes they're important with your colleague with your in your romantic life with your friends boundaries what is your limit what what are you willing to to accept what are you what do you want nothing to do with and you are naming them right from the beginning, right from the stem of this relationship. All right, everyone, I know myself really well. I have awareness. Here are my boundaries. Right. You're setting the table to make sure you have a successful relationship and and season. You know, boundaries. Like I, people need people need to to understand themselves better and and name those boundaries better because that will reduce conflict and increase our well-being so much. Well, there's another aspect of that that I think is really important to mention too, is when we talk about boundaries, is also the perception of the coach and the player. If a a coach has no control and hasn't developed a relationship that they 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 can go to parents or parents can come to them if need be, if they don't have that relationship and then the players see that the parents control the coach, how are the kids going to respect a coach that has no control? And this I see on, on an annual basis. Uh, I actually was at a game and I could not believe what I was seeing. I'll go watch some of the kids that I train. I train kids from middle school to uh, actually elementary to high school. So kids I train, I like to go watch them play, see their, see their work, you know, the uh, fruits of their labor, if you will. So I go watch a game and I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, this is good. And a parent sitting behind me, stands up starts yelling at the coach if you don't get my daughter in that game you're gonna not you're gonna hear it from me vicky as sure as i'm sitting here looking at you on this screen that coach turns points to that father's daughter and puts her in the game no oh yeah right then right then so what would you take from that as a spectator number one not to mention the players like, oh, she can get in the game because her dad yelled, but I can't get in the game. Well, it's going to encourage everyone else to yell. That's what's going to happen. It's going to encourage other parents on the team to yell because apparently that's the way that you get the best for your kid. And then it's going to encourage other kids to have the same behavior as well. Right. Monkey see, monkey do. Like kids learn so much from their parents. So, oh, I just need to tell my coach that I'm going to yell at him to get on the game. I just need to yell at my coach to get what I want. What are you teaching to your kid? I just love how sports is like a beautiful metaphor for life. You know, and everything you're saying kind of reminds me of recent teachings of God, we take ourselves so seriously. And God, we have a tendency to take everything so personally. 
you know? And I think that's just that sports is so intense and it's, it's just such a beautiful playground to learn about yourself, to learn about human interaction, to learn about what we teach our kids, what we show our kids, you know, the, yes. the good, the bad and the ugly. Like, yeah, like you're, you're talking about parents. Like I went to see a soccer game I don't know, six months ago. And I asked my, I asked my partner, asked my husband to leave because the supporters in the in the stadium were just so aggressive and and vulgar and yeah just i don't know sports brings out something in people and it's it's a great way to talk about human behavior and now when, uh, one last thing i always ask every guest on the podcast is to name a person or persons that have been most influential in your life and why Mm, I'm going to say my mom. I'm going to say my mom. She inspires me so much for two main reasons. She's the person who taught me to love myself first. And also because she's constantly reinventing herself. She's been teaching for 30 years. And at the end of each school year, she looks at her plan. She recreates new exercises. She reads back to her notes and she's always trying to get better. You know, she could sit in all that experience and just sit on old photocopies and just get stuck into a routine and to autopilot. Yeah. But she inspires me by her capacity to always try to be better and and evolve. So, yeah, she's yeah, well, the one. Yeah. Well, everybody has my different and for different reasons. And that's why I ask because. The other part of it is every guest that I have, you become part of Coach T's Village of Inspiration because I think we're also all here to inspire each other. But, of course, we're here to, to, to inspire the next generation of leaders. And I think there are a lot of good people like yourself that have experiences, knowledge and expertise that they can share with them. And I know you continue to do it. That's why I wanted to have you on and I wish you continued success. Do you have any parting words of inspiration for our listeners? Uh, do you have a favorite quote maybe or something in that effect? Um, when you're you're feeling stuck, just ask yourself the question, do I love myself when? So do I love myself when I'm on the field playing basketball? Do I love myself when I'm with this person, with this friend? Does this person bring out the best in me? Does this sport bring out the best in me? Does this context, this environment especially teenagers you know they start they start to to go out and to kind of get away from their parents so just keep that in mind who who are you trying to please and yes. make sure that that's always yourself yes oh i love that i love that well big guy really appreciate you taking your time well everybody as always i'm coach t i'm here to educate support and inspire the next generation of leaders until next time we'll see you Pre-teens and teens face many challenges that can and will affect their futures. They need a village of supporters that can guide, direct, and lead them on that path to success. Your host, Coach T, has over 35 years experience of educating, supporting, inspiring, and enhancing the lives of many young men and women. Go to CoachT'sCorner.com to get started 